Welcome to Spew, Spectrum People Enjoying Wizardry. I'm Quirinus, and I have Asperger's Syndrome. I'm Lavender, and my daughter, Abby Kadabi, has nonverbal autism. And I now call this 12th meeting of Spew to order. Hello, Queerness. How are you? I am okay. I got new light bulbs that I can say Lumos and they turn on. (gasps) That's really cool. Technology, man. This month has been kind of up and down, though. I I started off, I had a day where I accidentally took my medicine twice. And then like three days later, I like got super overwhelmed. And then like, a week later, I, like, freaked out on a customer and was yelling and screaming, and I have no idea what made me so angry, but I was very angry. But now I've kind of mellowed out, and I'm kind of back to normal. There's got to be an app for people to take medicine to remind them. Yeah, my problem is trying to make sure it's completely coordinated across my Google speaker and my phone and... And have extra medicine in my lunchbox and a lot of a lot of coordination. I understand. How about you? How your month been? Um, it hasn't been bad. Just a little busy. Just a little busy is all. I feel like it nothing it just keeps going. Like more stuff and more stuff. And then we haven't even made it to the to the holidays yet at this point of recording. We're almost there and it's just the build up. Which is the other thing we want to talk about, uh, we're going to take a short break, which means there won't be an episode in January, but starting in February, our plan is to go to two episodes a month. Yay! Our first episode, uh, we believe, is going to be basically the same thing that we have been doing, but then the second episode is going to be a little more focused on rereading the books and reading them through the lens of looking for non-existent metaphors. So looking forward to that. I'm pretty excited. I think because me personally, I reread the books, at least books three through seven annually, at least once a year, I go back through and I read them all. And I feel like just everybody should adopt this practice. So I'm excited to do it again through this new lens. We have a lot of important dates in December. Yeah. Got some birthdays. Hagrid's is on the 6th. Charlie Weasley's is on the 12th. And of course, Tom Riddle's is on December 31st, exactly six months apart from Harry's. Which I never knew until looking this up for this month. I did not know that at all. And then a couple actors have birthdays in December. Maggie Smith on the 28th. She was born in 1934. Mm -hmm. You know the old age makeup she wears in Hook to play (laughs) Wendy? Yeah. She is older now than she was supposed to be in that movie. And she looks so much better than they made her look. (laughs) 
Also, Kenneth Branagh, who played Lockhart, his birthday's on the 10th of December. A couple events that happened, both of which on Christmas. Uh, Harry received the Invisibility Cloak from Dumbledore in 1991. And in 1994 was the Yule Ball, which was the first one since 1792 and the last time the Triwizard Tournament was held. Yep. So what are we talking about this month, Queerness? So this month... I thought it'd be fun if we talked about animaguses. Animagi? Animagi? I think the singular is animagus and the plural is animagi. I think you're right. Now, keeping those pronunciations consistent is an entirely different thing. Uh, Basically, an animagus is someone who can transform an animal at will. But the key differentiating factors here is they have the ability to think and remember... Um, They do retain the wizard's lifespan, even in animal form, um, but their feelings and emotions are simplified, but they can communicate with other animals. But they do eat what animals eat. And they also can't keep human speech in their animal form, which we'll touch on later. The process to look... So I always kind of assumed that the process was more of practice and practice and practice and practice. It is not. No. It is a very complicated potion and spell. And if you have impatience, you can be stuck as a half animal or even stuck in animal form with a loss of complete human awareness. The potion is actually a little bit more about being able to transform back than it is the actual transforming into the animal though Hmm. they do teach it in third year but very few actually go through the process to actually learn so here is the process so for a full month from full moon to full moon you have to keep a mandrake leaf in your mouth Um, This is partly related to the fact that mandrake is used for some transfiguration accidents so you keep the mandrake leaf in your mouth for the full month You cannot remove it, you cannot swallow it, or you have to start over. (laughs) Then when you get to the full moon, you must place the leaf in a crystal file, and it must receive the pure rays of moon. So if it's cloudy, you have to start over. (laughs) You also have to add um, some of your hair, and some dew that is collected from a place that neither sunlight nor human feet have touched for seven days. Also the chrysalis of a death head hawk moth. Which is a moth that has, like, a skull on its back, like a human skull. Mm -hmm. It also, because it's a moth, does not have a chrysalis. It has a cocoon. And it's also underground. Just interesting. Also, it's not native to the Americas, so, yeah. Once you create this potion, (laughs) you have to put it in a dark, quiet place and do not look at it. And you must leave it there until the next electrical storm. Until then, you must... Place your tip of your wand on your heart every sunrise and sunset and recite the spell Amato Animo Anamato Animagus. And you have to do that every sunrise and sunset until the next electrical storm. (laughs) If you miss one, you have to start over. Oh my gosh, there's just no room for error. Also, as you repeat that spell over time, you may start noticing a second heartbeat. And then finally, as soon as you see lightning, you can go look at it. The potion will now be red. You move to a safe, secure, large place. Place the tip of the wand on your heart. Say the spell again. Amato, Inimo, Animato, Animagus. Drink the potion. Uh, The first transformation is uncomfortable or painful. 
Uh, the second heartbeat will become very, very intense. You will begin to see visions of the animal you will become, but you will not know what this animal is until this moment. So there is no choosing your animal. You find out when you complete the spell what your animal is, but it is usually the same as a Patronus, which since corporeal Patronuses are rare and Animagi are rare, that is something that is not super confirmed, but most known Animagi are the same form as their Patronus. Hmm. Also during this first transformation, it is very important to stay calm or the animal may react on instinct and that could be very dangerous. Makes sense. Also, during this first transformation, your clothes may meld into your animal form. So this is why you have animagi who have markings that look like the glasses that their counterparts wear. In subsequent transformations, the clothing is optional. Like, you you can consciously control it, and you can even alter the exact form you take, but the animal can't be changed. But to go back and forth, you simply have to visualize the form you want to take. Gosh. So, once you do it... first time it sounds pretty easy yeah but it's a lot of work just to get to the the first transformation goodness the ministry of magic does require that all animagi are registered with the animagus registry through the department of magical law enforcement failure to do so may result in time in azkaban and as you can imagine those two statements have a lot of problems because people don't register and then they escape from Azkaban. Mm-hmm. There's only seven animagi that registered during the 20th century. Outside of the 20th century, though, we do have a couple known animagi from history. Felco Azalon was the first recorded animagus. His form was a falcon, and the name is actually pretty interesting. I love J.K. Rowling's names and where she comes up with stuff. I know. It was the name of the European Merlin. A Merlin is a species of falcon. They have since decided that there wasn't a difference between the European Merlin and the American Merlin. So Falco Azalon no longer exists as a scientific name for an animal. But that's where his name came from. Hmm. We have a couple other people that um, also turned into birds. How do you think you say this person's name? Cle- either Cleodna? Maybe there's no D. Cleona. Maybe there's no D. You dropped the D. Cleona. She was a seabird. She had three magical birds that cured the sick by singing them to sleep, and she could also turn into a wave, supposedly. Hmm. Morgan Le Fay was also a bird. Also, just an interesting random fact I came across, Emma Watson and Helena Bonham Carter have both played Morgan Le Fay at some point in their career. Yep. Have you ever seen Merlin with Helena Bonham Carter in it and Sam Neill? I have not. Oh, really? I think I own it. You'll have to borrow it. It's so good. Continue. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) J.K. Rowling has actually once joked that, I believe this is also, I couldn't find the actual quote, but I believe she said that um, this is a legend within the wizarding community that the giant squid is in fact Godric Gryffindor, and on the 11th hour of every evening, the squid would rise from the lake, transform into Gryffindor, and would wander the school grounds before returning at sunrise. If this is true, this would make it both the largest known Animagus, and also one of the oldest, which is interesting because since we know that they retain the wizard's length of life, and not the animals. Right. It seems a little unlikely, but an interesting thought. (laughs) 
1422, a French witch by the name of Lisette de Lepine was sentenced to death for being a witch when she disappeared from her prison cell, and later reports claimed a white rabbit was seen crossing the river, sailing in a cauldron. <laughs> so this story is, of course, may or may not be true, but it is believed to be the inspiration for the Beetle the Bard story, Bappity Rappity and her Cackling Stump. <laughs> Did you read this? I did. So this is just a fun little children's story about a witch who is a washerwoman for a king and a charlatan comes and is pretending to teach the king magic and the charlatan discovers Bappity and forces her to do the magic for the king so the king looks like he can do magic. But then the king decides to try to resurrect something. I don't even remember. Was it a horse? It was a frog. A frog. So he tries to resurrect the frog. He can't. So then the charlatan says, there's a witch hiding in that bush over there and she's preventing you from doing magic. So she takes off and appears to transform into a tree. The king orders the tree cut down, but then her voice is coming from the stump and curses the king and reveals the charlatan and all's well. And then turns out that Bapidi did not transform into a tree, but instead turned into a white rabbit and came out of the stump and left. And it's a fun story. It was a fun story. It was cute. They were all cute. Dumbledore um, says that this is one of Beetle the Bard's most realistic story because it's one of his only ones in which the magic is actually follows the rules of magic, except for one thing, and that is the fact that she can talk while in rabbit form. Yeah, I think he specifically said that um, Beetle the Bard must have never met an animagi. Right, right. In terms of known animagi that registered, there's actually not very many known ones. We know McGonagall. She's, of course, a tabby cat. Um, she trained under her transfiguration professor, who is Dumbledore, who is not an animagus. Interesting. There's also not a lot of clear information as to whether or not this registry is outside of the Ministry of Magic internationally or not. There is an International Symposium of Animagi, which is a basically a a club for people who think they are better than everyone else because they're animagi. <laughs> and one of them is Adrian Turtley, who can turn into a gerbil. <laughs> and he was offended because during one of these symposiums, a group of 14-year-olds from Wagadu, which is school from South America that is specializes in self-transfiguration, and they did a presentation in which they synchronized transforming into leopards and elephants. <laughs> and so the International Symposium did not like the fact that a bunch of school kids could outdo them. In sync. In sync. Then when we get to the unregistered, of course, we have the Marauders, who succeeded in their fifth year. They started in their third year working towards this. Of course, we have James is the stag, Sirius Black is a black dog, Peter Pettigrew's a rat, and then, of course, Rita Skeeter's a beetle. I can't believe that Dumbledore really wasn't an animagi. You think he's unregistered? Not necessarily. I think maybe he just has the skill. He just decided probably not to pursue it. I mean, it's Dumbledore. Oh, what if every time we saw Fox, it wasn't Fox every time? It's a theory. All right. That about, <laughs> that, that about wraps up that segment. Uh, so we're going to take a little break. 
and go visit our friends over at Gringotts. And until we come back, here's your trivia question. Adfoot was known by what other nickname? Be right back. This is Jeffrey, the financial advisor for Spew at Gringotts Bank. And now we return to Spew. All right, and we are back. And Lavender? Mm-hmm. Do you have a guess, or do you want the multiple choice? Um, I mean, I know the answer. I, I do know this one. <laughs> it was Snuffles. It is Snuffles. That is correct. Take this moment to remind everyone that you can send us howlers and owl mail, and we'll read them and listen to them on the show. Um, you can send us owl mail at spewcast at gmail.com, and you can send us howlers by calling 407-706-SPEW. In the U.S., it's 407-706-7739. Or you can click the link in the description. All right, let's move on to the Daily Prophet. All right, what's going on in the Wizarding World? There has been quite a bit of stuff going on this month. Yeah. (laughs) Wizarding World Gold has officially launched, along with new merchandise featuring the Pottermore House logos and the Deathly Hallows. So lots of shirts and stuff. Fantastic Beast 3 has been confirmed for production to start in spring of 2020 with a release date November 12th of 2021. And it has finally been confirmed that it will take place in Rio de Janeiro, which was hinted at a couple years ago by J.K. Rowling. Hmm. The wallpaper designs designed by Mina Lima are now available as gift wrap. Amazing. The music of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is now been nominated for a Grammy in musical theater. Nice. Universal and Uber have teamed up and are now charging an additional $4 fee for pickups at Universal Orlando. What? They are doing it to build a new Uber waiting lounge, but they just started charging people an extra fee. It's ridiculous. J.K. Rowling has... Made an interesting statement. Uh, Of course, her charity, Lumos, tries to help kids get out of orphanages, um, sometimes tries to help them get back to their families or help them find new homes. But she has made a statement telling people not to volunteer at orphanages. Uh, She says, don't spend your time propping up a system that we know does serious harm. If we took the same funding we're pouring into these institutions and put them towards community services to strengthen and support families, we could change the world. All right. Interesting stance, but okay. Emma Watson did an interview with Vogue where she was talking about being single and how she's never really agreed with the idea of being happy single, but she has now come to the term (laughs) self-partnered to which tom felton has agreed that he is also self-partnered but then rupert grant said that there was always definitely a spark between them and and it was more like a playground romance and he doesn't want to start anything (laughs) okay have you seen the trailer for scoob no i was just sitting here wondering what this is so scoob is a new scooby-doo movie it is a cg animated theatrical film coming out later this year and uh, it is the start of a Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe. I believe the second movie is supposed to be based on the Jetsons, but this one features several characters from the Hanna-Barbera extended universe, including Dick Dastardly, who is going to be played by Jason Isaacs, who played Lucius Malfoy. Hmm, okay. Julie Walters, who plays Molly Weasley, 
um, narrated an episode of Natural World, which I guess is like the BBC's version of Nature. And this episode is entitled Weasels, Feisty and Fearless. Uh-huh. Weasley. Weasels. Helena Bonham Carter has said in an interview that Daniel Radcliffe was very mannerly and always held her tea. <laughs> How sweet. There is a RPG card game for iOS and Android being developed in China. It's going to be a China exclusive, at least at the moment, called Harry Potter Magic Awakened. So yes, that's a thing. <laughs> right. Scarlet Byrne, who played Pansy Parkinson, has married Cooper Hefner, who is Hugh Hefner's son. They had a quiet courthouse ceremony, but they are planning a big wedding celebration soon. Congratulations. Interesting thing happened November 9th, which was called a full day of college football. ESPN tweeted, 28 years ago, Harry Potter made his Quidditch debut as Gryffindor Seeker. Yeah. <laughs> which... As you can imagine, caused a lot of anger and confusion, especially with sports fans questioning the timeline, of which ESPN is correct. <laughs> Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure was voted by the Theme Park Entertainment Association and has won the Outstanding Achievement Award for 2019. Nice. There was a wizard-inspired festival in Montreal. <laughs> it has been branded the Goblet of Fire Festival because it was, I'm not going to call it a scam because it did take place, but people are calling it a scam. It was by a group called LOL Event Group. They charged 50 Canadian dollars, which is about 32 US dollars, and people showed up. The doors opened a half hour late. The food was room temperature. It wasn't themed like it was originally promised. The original caterer was actually turned away at the door with $2,500 worth of food because the company went with someone else. Oh. <laughs> the wand picking ceremony was nothing but a table with a bunch of unopened chopsticks that you could decorate with glitter. Oh, wow. And the live DJ was streamed from YouTube. <laughs> This is not the first event that LOL has had. Um, there were similar events in Toronto and Vancouver, um, but they actually used a different name each time, so they didn't call it the same event. The Vancouver event was actually cancelled, and attendees were issued refunds only for the refunds to be cancelled. So they didn't get the refund. They did not get the refund. Okay. At this point, all Eventbrite events have been removed. Uh, they posted an apology to Facebook, which did not go over well, and now their Facebook and Instagram have been removed. <laughs> Wasn't there something like that in Nashville? It was supposed to be like a Harry Potter like bar crawl, and I think it like everything went wrong. Oh, I'll have to look that up, and we'll have to talk about it. I'm pretty sure, I though. I, I haven't heard about that one. There is a lot of events like this to varying degrees of success. There was one in the U.S. that the organizer is now in jail for fraud. <laughs> so th this is definitely not a one-of-a-kind thing. So Toyota attended the Tokyo Motor Show with something they called a mobility theme park and future playground. And in this future playground... They premiered the E-Broom, 
which they advertised as a flying broom, but it was not. (laughs) It has a wheel hidden in the bristles, and the rider has to wear roller skates and is pushed around by the broom. Oh. Also, it's a giant transparent cat hood ornament. All right. (laughs) It was interesting. And that about wraps up our Harry Potter news. There's quite a bit of autism news this month, though. Yeah, quite a bit. First thing we're going to talk about is Neuralink, which was founded by Elon Musk, and they are developing implantable brain-machine interfaces. And I'm going to read this very wonderful quote from Mr. Muskie. (laughs) So Neuralink, I think at first, will solve a lot of brain-related diseases. So could be anything from, like, autism, schizophrenia, memory loss, like... Everyone experiences memory loss at certain points in age. Parents can't remember their kids' names and that kind of thing. So, (laughs) basically, this proves that Elon Musk is not a neurosurgeon? (laughs) Neuroscientist? He is most definitely not a neuroscientist, that's for sure. Which, I guess it's why he's paying other people to do it. At least he's doing that. He's calling in the experts, as we should. (laughs) The big problem here is... The phrasing of solving diseases like autism. Not a disease. Solve is an interesting word. Yeah. (laughs) Greta Thunberg is a time traveler from 1898 where she was a gold miner in the Yukon. Apparently. That's just where I'm going to leave that and I'm going to move on. (laughs) New York State has a bill to put a symbol on IDs and driver's license that indicate autism. The bill has not been scheduled to vote yet. This is obviously controversial yeah it on one hand a good idea to help police officers but on the other hand putting a brand like that on a driver's license is not cool but back in september i don't know how we missed this one but back in september texas passed the samuel allen law so samuel allen has asperger's and he spearheaded a campaign to do something similar but it was not putting a symbol on driver's license but instead, when a officer types a license plate into their system, they get a message that says communication impediment. And it's not just for autism, but also hearing impaired and other communication impediments. Hmm. I like this one. It doesn't help with people who aren't driving, though. Yeah, but it's got the right idea. Yeah. Back in January, at Guiding Hand School in California, a 13-year-old with autism died after being restrained face down for almost two hours. Now, three people, an administrator, the principal, and the teacher involved, have now all officially been charged with involuntary manslaughter. As well they should. Greta Thunberg has been busy this month. She's been on a couple talk shows. She was on Ellen, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Um, She protested with the Sioux in North Dakota. Um, She has, of course, continued to join school strikes all across the country every Friday. However, COP25 that was planned in Santiago, Chile, has been moved due to protests in the street, and it has now been moved to Madrid, So Greta, in need of transport, reached out and has found a YouTube couple that travels the world by catamaran. And so they will be taking her. And I found this nice little quote from her. You want to read this one? Sure, I like it. I like it. It says, uh, traveling around is very fun and I'm very privileged to have the opportunity to do so. But it would be nice to get back to my routines again. I think we can all agree, Greta. Yeah. 
With the launch of Disney+, Plus, Pixar has released a series of what they're calling Spark Shorts, which are just a series of shorts that are being created by lesser known and newer people within the company. One of them that has already come out is called Float. It is about a father who discovers that his son has the ability to fly and him struggling with hiding the ability from the world. It was directed by a Pixar storyboard artist whose son was diagnosed with autism at age two. The challenge of raising him was the inspiration for this short. Have you watched it yet? I have not. I do not have Disney Plus yet. I'm waiting till The Mandalorian finishes so I can watch it all at once. (laughs) We have Disney Plus and I have hesitated to watch this because everybody told me it's like kind of a tearjerker, but I do plan on watching it probably tonight. And then January 10th, they are releasing one called Loop about an autistic girl and a chatty boy who must learn to work together on a canoe trip. I'm excited for this one. We're going to be starting a new segment, which is titled Autism Wizards. This is a segment for people doing good in the autism world that are not necessarily timely news stories. And this first one is a story I found that isn't really in the autism world, but I really like this story. (laughs) (laughs) Christina Hunger, who is a speech language pathologist and works with children who do not communicate with verbal speech and uses augmentative and alternative communication systems, AAC. Mm -hmm. And so she decided to teach her dog to communicate with a communication board. So they got some recordable buttons and they started with one that said outside and she got really good at using that one and they added ones for eat and water and Stella the talking dog now has 24 buttons that she can string together into three to five word phrases. Oh wow, that's pretty impressive. It makes me very happy. Basically, dogs have the same uh, language capacities as about a three-year-old human and as such can communicate in very much the same way using not proper sentences, but words that fit together to complete thoughts. We're going to have talking dogs everywhere now using little iPads. (laughs) Like Abby. Oh, that's exciting. (laughs) And I think we are at the end of another episode. I think so, Queerness. This has been great fun. It makes me so sad when I come to the end. I know. Remember to check out our website at spewpod.uk and find us on Twitter at Spectrum People. Our Facebook name is Spewcast and our Instagram is at Spewpod. Mm-hmm. Also, starting today, December 1st, we now have a Instagram and Facebook filter in which you can wear a wizard hat with our logo on it to show your spew pride. Hashtag spew pride. <laughs> so check that out. Yeah, and don't forget you can send us owl mail and howlers at spewcast at gmail.com or you can give us a call 407-706-SPEW. It's 407-706-7739-US. Or don't forget, you can always click the link in the description to record a message as well. And we'd like to thank Joan Burr for our theme music. Don't forget, guys, we're just taking a quick little break in January, but we'll be back in February with more episodes. Until then, I'm Queerness. I'm Lavender. And as Luna Lovegood said, don't worry, you're just as sane as I am. Bye. Bye. Bye.